Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Games cast. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing, at EOEA Jr. Tim, I've never been more antsy for a games cast than this one. Yeah, I'm oh. very excited about this one. Oh. Yeah. You reviewed Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely exciting to hear. How do you feel about that, Big Daddy Greg Miller? I'm ready, Tim. Yeah. All right, this one looked impressive at SGF. I'm excited to see how it feels on the sticks. Ooh, those sticks. Andy Cortez, how you doing? I mean, I'm very, very excited and very jealous. Simultaneously being so close yet so far away from Blessing during this event. Mm. I was about a four-minute drive away or something like that when he sent me no. He sent me the address like, swing by if you I want. Like, like, yo, Andy, come through, man. And I was like, I'm, I'm about to see, you know, Lightning McQueen. We're about to hang out here in Cars Land. So, of course, like, yeah, yeah. You got to love it. Of course, this is the Kind of Funny Games cast where each and every week we get together to talk about video games and all the things we love about them. We've been doing a whole bunch of reviews the last couple weeks, but this episode is going to be a preview <gasps> of Armored Core 6. Bless got to get his hands on it, and I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, of course, you can watch this show on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, or you can get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service uh, for Kind of Funny Games Cast, and we'll be right there for you. Uh, if you wanted to go above and beyond, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, where you can get the shows ad-free. You can watch some of them live while they're being recorded, and you get a whole bunch of bonus content, including Kind of Beauty, daily Greg Wave logs, uh, and so, so much more. Some amazing episodes of The Shit List have been dropping, uh, so yeah. Go check it out on Patreon. You're going to have a great time. I know you're time. all excited for this preview of mm -hmm. Armored Core, all right? But I'll let you know that right now, the Monday, July 24th, Gregway, is a 20-minute preview of DC Heroes and Villains, all right? If you aren't playing <laughs> the number one match three game of the year, what are you doing with your life right now? <laughs> I love Dynamite! That. I love the, the amount of things you have to add for, like, to get the, the, the award, but hey, good for you, Greg. Good for you. I appreciate that. Um, for people wondering why I'm wearing the shiny Bomber jacket i know it's not that out of character yeah, for that me bad, so actually, it's not yeah. that weird but i am wearing this because uh we're doing barbie in review um by the time this posts for everybody that should already be live public on youtube.com slash kind of funny the in review podcast feed for everyone um and it's going to be a blast you need to see the set this is one worth watching for sure um we have a lot of fun and i can't wait for you to see that um but enough about all that today we're brought to you by honey better help and shady rays but we'll talk about that later bless let's Tim. just get right into it armored core six you got to play it what are the details before you get into it what did you get to play how long mm -hmm. were your actual hands on the sticks you just watching people give me the, give me it all so my actual hands were on the sticks i got to play over four hours whoa yeah God they gave dang. us a, a lengthy amount of time they gave you a, a, an unplugged in controller <laughs> <laughs> little cousin oh treatment. my God, i'm doing <laughs> um yeah i got to play over four hours i had the entire first chapter uh available to me in this game uh, and I guess to start off, right, like I said that this is the most antsy I've been for a review. I played this game like two weeks ago. I previewed this game two weeks ago. And Greg mentioned I got to reveal a Zelda. I think the difference for me with this one is that 
Zelda wasn't a surprise, right? Ah. Like, I, I went into that thinking, all right, this is going to be more Zelda Breath of the Wild, and Breath of the Wild is my favorite game. And so I expect that this game could maybe become my new favorite game, and sure enough, it did, right? And even when I sat down to do that review with you guys, I felt like I was saying things that 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 weren't a surprise, right? Oh, man, Zelda's incredible. Oh, man, this game's fantastic. Like, saying things that you guys would have expected. All it was is they, they did it. Yeah. Right? You, we, exp- we hoped that we, they would do that, and they did it. Exactly. With this, going into this Armored Core preview, I was expecting to get my hands on it and be confused and feel like this was more of a nerdy-ass mech game because sure. I'm somebody who's not an Armored Core person. Uh, Armored Core bypassed me. Whenever I'll see footage and gameplay of Armored Core, it felt like it was a bit too deep in the Duffy. It felt like something that was specifically only for that fan base. And so I've never felt invited in. And for me, my four, hour, four hours of playing, with this preview, I actually want to start with the end of my day because along with getting to play the game for quite a few hours, I also got to... Put on his little nightcap. I put on my jammies. At the end of the day, I got to interview um, Yamamura, who is the lead designer of the game. And one of the questions I asked him was, where does Armored Core 6 fit in the ecosystem of From Software? Like, how, why, why are we doing Armored Core when you've just gotten done working on Elden Ring and Sekiro and Souls and Bloodborne and all these games that people love because their souls liking guys gotten to pioneer this. How does Armored Core 6 fit within that ethos of who From Software is? And he mentioned that in From's early days, they had two pillars. They were Kingsfield and Armored Core. Like those were From's two pillars. And as they progress, they've established this pillar that is dark fantasy, right? Talking about all those games that I just mentioned, especially with the Souls and Demon Souls games. Um, and he mentioned that going back to Armored Core allows them to open that up a bit and give them a bit, a bit of freedom to not just be the Souls guys, right? But enter this new, quote unquote new, because it's old for them, but enter this <laughs> different frontier, frontier that isn't necessarily modernized, right? Like let's open ourselves up to something besides Souls. And he also, at the end of that statement, mentioned that he's hoping that this could be the start of a new mecha action revolution. And after playing again, more than four hours of this game, the thing that I've come away with is I think they're going to be fairly successful with both those things, uh, especially that first part of wanting this to be something different but still something excellent. I had such a good time playing Armored Core 6, and I was shocked by how intuitive it was, how fun the like the action was to me. It is definitively not a Souls game. Like This game could not be more far from what a Souls game is, but it is very from software. And when I say that, I mean I mean the the action design, the enemy design, the the focus on boss battles and the amount of quality and details there are in the boss battles, that stuff all shines through. And I think that is the stuff that shines through as from software. That is the parts of the game that feels like a, this is a from software developed game. Um, the parts of this game that make it unique being it being a mech action game, right? So it having this different feel, it being more omnidirectional than you just being on the ground and having this 3D fight with your opponent. Now you have the sky at your disposal. And so, you know, you're going forward, back, left and right, but you're also going up and down. And that creates this whole new dimension of how you dodge around, how you move around. You have to think different, differently for that. The setup of it of you customizing your mech and having to um, customize your mech to your needs of what the mission is that was something that i found really fun that i was also very nervous about because that part sounded very nerdy to me the idea that half this game is the building right half this game is creating a mech for whatever situation you're in that stuff was way more intuitive than i thought you know you go into the garage menu which if you're watching the video version of the podcast barrett has pulled up currently and 
they have all these different parts, right? You can customize what your legs look like. You can customize what your build looks like. You can customize what the, the, your back looks like. But then with that, you have four different weapons attached to your uh, armored core. It is the right shoulder, left shoulder, right arm, left arm. And those correlate to R1, L1, R2, L2, right? For each of those limbs. And those are four different weapons that you're attaching. And with that, right, like there is a deep suite of weapons that even by the time I got toward the end of the first chapter, I felt like I had a wide arsenal that I could work with that I could really tailor my play style. And so you have a assault rifle that you can attach to your arm. You have a laser sword that you can attach to your arm, which works as a melee weapon. You have um, multi-rockets that you can attach to your shoulder. You have um, a homing rocket or a bazooka. You have a long list of, of weapons and customizable things that you can add to your mech. And it all feels so wide, but also... For me, very fun to take her around with. It wasn't like I was lost in these menus. I think it was very straightforward and easy. Um, but yeah, like I had such a, a, a great time going through the missions. There's a lot more I can get into, but I'll leave that as my opening statement. Andy, jumping to you uh, off, the, off the rip on this, you are the, one of the Souls guys here. You were also the Met guy. Uh, are you, <laughs> where, where are you at with everything you just saw what Blessing is saying? Are you stoked on that well i i never really got to talk about what we watched at summer game fest um because i know that i i think that was just one of the games dailies that happened post the la trip but yeah both blessing and i had the same sort of little presentation and we both walked away from it just blown away by what we saw and how cool the action looked and how fast paced and like just frenetic it all looked and i was always very excited uh, i rented armored core games a lot because it i didn't really ever see a gundam game that i could rent because i just didn't know shit about anything but i know that i watched gundam wing a lot and i was like what's an analog that I, what can kind of like maybe recreate this experience that i'm getting because i want to now play whatever it is that i'm watching and i rented armored core several times it was always very very hard because that was before the era of like dual shock so you're controlling your mech uh, in a lot of different dimensions with like the D-pad in a lot of cases. So it was always very, very tough, but I still love the hell out of it. I always think of Virtual On or Virtual On, which is that little arcade game that you would sit next to people that I always played at a, a skating rink called Fantasyland back in the day. It was a very, great time, Tim. We're, oh, yeah. we're taking pickle shots. We're drinking pickle juice. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, I, I've been obsessed with everything that this game has been showing ever since it first got revealed, especially knowing that it's the Sekiro team, knowing that the Sekiro team um, kind of uh, like has the freedom to now do whatever the hell they want because Sekiro, while not a Souls game, still very similar in everything it's doing uh, when you're talking about, you know, really challenging boss fights and having to beat your head against the wall with, the yeah. crazy like difficulty progression to get yeah. the checkpoints yeah fire moments and it's just it's such an awesome little success story that from software has gotten to the point now where they are selling gangbusters on elden ring and all these other games now granted armored core 6 has been in development for a lot longer than the elden ring finally like kind of becoming a mainstream hit yeah. or whatever but five-year dev cycle yeah like said. it's still super awesome that they can now do the one for them that they've been wanting to work on for so long. Um, I, but with all the initial gameplay reveals we saw when it first got revealed at, I believe, Game Awards, mm -hmm. that was awesome to see. And buyers of Rubicon, the, yeah, and just like the 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 black screen hitting with the white text saying like, "Let this last cinders burn." Like, I mean, I'm just like, I'm such a sucker for stupid corny shit like that. 
And then the most recent story trailer that they just dropped, which is all cinematic. It wasn't like in-game or anything like that. But they just have such a, a an awesome way of uh, dictating action and um, showing combat and making the stakes feel extremely high. And you are at a place in the world where like war is all anybody knows anymore. There's a moment in this trailer, Tim, where the dude's left arm on the mech gets blown off and he starts like doing his thrusters into a massive thing and jams his Gatling gun into a hole and just fucking like, oh, it's the coolest shit ever. So I've been extremely stoked about all of this and to know that this was the week that Blessing was going to tell us all about experiences. I'm very excited for this. I'm very stoked to see what this new era of From Software means in a game that is not a Souls-like, you know? So I want to take two points that Andy uh, brought up there, and I, I want to get your perspective on it. Uh, one of them being the story of uh, if you got yeah. to experience any of it yeah. and what it's like. But before we get to that, Sekiro. He brings it up. I know you love Sekiro. You've now played this. Mm -hmm. The similarities in the, the fact that it's the same team making this that Andy's bringing up, did you feel that in this? Or how is it similar and different than Sekiro? I mean, I would say it's way different from Sekiro. The one thing I think carries over would be the verticality of it. This game, of course, is more vertical because you have jets, right? Like, you can actually fly in this game. But Sekiro, I think in particular for a From Software game, just had a lot of verticality because you had your grappling hook and you were jumping all around. And so I think that level design translates. Uh, but aside from that, this is the most different From Software game that I've played from, I mean, the ones I've played, right? Which being Elden Ring, Bloodborne, and, and Sekiro. Uh, and so that's way different. The story stuff, so that for me is, the, is an interesting aspect for me because I feel like I've not experienced enough to really gleam if the story is going to hit or not for me I but how was presentation from what you saw how was presentation yeah the i mean regarding so story presentation that stuff was interesting because i think the best comparison i would make would be something like metal gear solid peace walker or metal, metal gear solid 5 where it's very don't threaten me with a good time <laughs> it's very mission based right like it is and some of the missions are very short some of them are, are longer than others but you are in your, you start off in your hangar, and this is for each mission, right? You're in your menu. You get to customize your mech, look at the things you yeah. unlocked. Like the, the gameplay loop is very much you do a mission, you get currency, you use that currency to buy new parts for your mech, and then you do that, you do that over and over again. And you start off in your menu, you go on, you look at your dossier, you pick your next mission, and it starts off with what is essentially a codec call. Barrett has it pulled up here if you're a video watcher, where it has your mission briefing. They go into the dialogue, which is very Metal Gear-like. Like, it doesn't hit as hard as Metal Gear, because nothing does. But the it reminded me of Metal Gear in that okay. instance. And then you get set out on your mission. And your mission can be something as simple as, hey, go to this area and take out these six turrets. You are, you're a mercenary in this world, so you get dropped onto Rubicon as a mercenary. Take out these six, these six uh, turrets, right? Or, hey, destroy these enemy uh, cores. One of the cooler missions I, I, I did was, um, and this one actually had me interested from the story aspect, was um, in my mission briefing, they were like, hey, there is uh, this enemy unit is, uh, has this tester AC, this tester armored core that they're out playing around with so cool and so <laughs> we want you to go and, and fight it and take it on and take it out and you get there and i start fighting it and i hear the enemy um like radio chatter and he's talking to me but talking to himself of like i can't let this guy well, take that thinks he's pretty good yeah like this guy thinks he's good and he has he has the most anime protagonist voice <laughs> like i would not have expected it from from software but yeah his voice is very anime protagonist and he's very much a a rookie 
he is there as a newbie in this tester armor core and i'm coming in as this mercenary that's done this and he's saying things like man i can't i can't get taken out by a guy that is only doing this for the money or whatever like he has his morals or standards and so it felt like i was the bad guy in that scenario and i take him out and i defeat him but after that mission i i started questioning oh what's going on here like there's a deeper thing going on here that i'm not taking into account the safety's on on your gun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just being chapter one makes me think that the story prob is probably going to pick up from here in terms of the people I'm working for, the people that the other groups that I'm meeting on Rubicon and how all that interacts together. That stuff I think is, is interesting. Outside of that, I there weren't big story moments that okay. hit for me. I'm not engaged with who the characters are yet. Uh, your character is basically faceless. You're playing as sure. 621, a.k.a. Raven, and you don't, <laughs> see, <laughs> really cool. uh, you don't see your character, right? Yeah. You see your mech, uh, and that's about it. But, yeah, I, did, I wasn't able to gleam if there's more there to the story. Got it, got that it. said, to your presentation thing, there were game moments that stuck out to me in one of the missions um i believe it's called um i want to shout out for bear Sandcrawler bear if you can find that one um in my mission briefing they were like hey there's this uh uh vehicle this like transport vehicle that you got to go and take out and so you start off in this sandstorm and the thank you <laughs> and your mission is hey go toward that structure and take it out and so I like see the structure in the background. I'm like, okay, there it is. I need to go towards it. And the closer and closer I get to it, the more and more I realize that this thing is fucking ginormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you get closer and you're like, it's oh, this moving. Thing is and, it, and it's moving. <laughs> and you get close and you're like, and it gets clearer and clearer. And it looks, it, it reminded me of Shadow of the Colossus, just in the pure size of this thing. And so right now where Barrett's at in the footage, you're actually on it. Crawling up it. Yeah. Barrett, if you can like scroll back, let's say like 30 seconds or so when you almost get to it, when you're just approaching oh it. Because when you get the sun piercing through this sandstorm and the lightning yeah. is diffused like, look how and it's big coming this thing through. is once you get close to it. I mean, Tim, this is like, this is next era Star Fox. Oh, yeah, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is, I am so excited that you're so stoked on this and like the way that it looks. Like, yeah. this is awesome. And so you basically climb it and you take out the um, different parts. Again, very Shadow of the Colossus. And then you finally get to the top and now you're fighting against its main unit, which is shooting uh, fire back at you, right? It's shooting rockets back at you and you're trying to take it out. And it's this boss battle moment. And once you take it out, the whole thing goes down. And moments like this were the moments were, were the moments that made me go, oh, snap, this is cool. I want to see what's next. I want to see what else you have for me. And so even though the story, like the actual what's going on in the narrative didn't hit for me as much, these things are, were, were enough to keep me interested and keep, and keep me going. Um, but yeah, that's... That's pretty report. damn cool, man. Yeah, it's really cool. So are, are you... Do you think that this is going to hit in the mainstream way or do you think that this is still going to be who is this for is this for the people that have just played the last couple souls games and are like i'm i'm interested in more from software stuff yeah. or is this more for like the greg and tims out here that are like or who somewhere in between like what is, do you think is this going to be from software's oppenheimer where they're like hey <laughs> here, you know we know about this christopher nolan fella he's made inception he's made Interstellar, all these movies are, is anybody really going to watch this historical war movie about a, the guy who created the, the nuclear bomb or whatever? Yeah. Like, I, you know, we know from software makes these souls games and they're massively popular now. And I, one figure I really want to look at is like how souls games have sold since Elden Ring. Mm. I would love to see the numbers there, but I just know that like the popularity has been gaining a lot of traction. Are people really going to buy this 
game from this studio that is not a Souls game, you know? I mean, I I kind of have the same question. I had so much fun with it, but it is so different. But it is so fun at the same time. And I know, I think From Software has gained such a reputation from, obviously, Elden Ring, but everything before that, that there's enough of a fan base that'll show up to the next game because From Software is on the box. But I had the same question of how much does that translate when it's a game of a pretty different genre, even though it's all action, right? But it's now mech action. I had that same thing too. I will say that, I know for me personally, when I finished the demo, I felt the same way I think Greg felt after after seeing the Alan Wake uh, demo at Summer Game Fest, when sure. you're, where you were like, man, this is now my most anticipated game of the year. For me, doing this demo shot um, uh, Armored Core 6 as being one of my most anticipated games uh, of the year. But I do think things like the... Uh, like, I don't think it's a... I, I don't think it was a perfect demo from okay. my experience mm. with it. You know, there were still things and things like the story that did not all the way hit for me. But then also the missions weren't always cool and extraordinary. You know, there are some of the main missions that felt almost like they could be side missions, particularly ones where it was, all right, go and take out these six turrets. And it was a three minute mission that I go in and do and get the credits and put in and use them to get my parts. And then other missions that were similar of go in and do this, five minute thing and it felt almost like more of a task to in between the cooler set pieces sure um it has some of that stuff and so my question is is that going to lose what's people? the balance yeah. and what, what is the balance wait, wait, real quick, one quick, while we're hearing is a shorter one mm -hmm. what are the load times like between those things uh are you, did you feel like i loaded in for this three minute mission and i'm loading out and like that kind of thing no i mean i, I the, the load times weren't that crazy i was playing on a but i was playing on a really beefed up pc um I will so say sorry that, you had to do that. Yeah, I know it's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but there were the like the result screen and like those yeah, yeah, yeah. interstitial moments built in between that. Um, and so it feels like a all right, boot this thing up, mission briefing. All right, let's do this quick mission. All right, results of the mission. I got this currency. Now let's go and buy more mech things. All right, come back, do that. And again, that's what the loop is. I think that's what they're they're counting on. But I think that that stuff needs to be uh, um, engaging when you are just in that flow of I need to get more currency or I'm just in these in between missions. Do you feel that uh, not having played the previous Armored Cores puts you at a disadvantage, or does this feel designed to be a good jump-on point? I think it feels designed to be a good jump-on point. I, that's one of the things they're not talked about as much yet, is that the action is really fun. The action feels like they've learned over the last 10 years from the games that they've made. It feels very intuitive. I had a lot of fun. One of the, um, in my notes, one of my notes is, oh, this game is way easier than I thought it was going to be. And this is coming from, from software, who's known for difficulty. And then a few bullet points down, I wrote, never mind. <laughs> there's, a, there's a part in this game that was kicking my ass. I think it's still easier than the, the soul stuff, but they have this mission called Operation Wall Climber. That is, that is the skill check mission. And that was probably three hours into me playing where I finally hit a point where, oh, okay, this is difficult. Hey, let's, here's a test of everything. You <laughs> yeah, it was like so basically, far. yeah, Ganitra or Father Gascoigne. But I think up to that, the game is even way more lenient than any of those games. But I, For I, that, for for that for mission where you hit the wall, how did you solve it? Was it throwing your head at it until you found a strategy or did you go in and start tweaking your systems and what your loadout was and all that jazz? So it was a little bit of both. There are, there were two hard skill checks in this mission. The first one was getting past the first wave of enemies and then fighting against uh, this guy that you're seeing on screen here, which is another uh, armored core unit that is pretty strong. And what I realized was by um, getting up until this point, it was trial and error. It was, all right, There's it, this mission starts off with um, fire raining down from above and so I gotta 
get behind uh, <laughs> I need to get behind cover. I need to make sure that I'm not just out in the open. And then I need to cross this bridge and I need to make sure that as I'm cross crossing this bridge, I am dodging back and forth because there's two turrets right in front of me that will take me out if I'm just flying forward. And so those moments were just memorizing what the enemy patterns were or the patterns of fire. Okay. But then I got through all that. I beat that guy. And then finally, I, and this is right now Barrett showing um, like the beginning area of the mission, right? Where I really had to think about um, my direction. Is this your gameplay or is this just This is B-roll. This okay. is not my gameplay. And so you see the fire coming from above. And the way this B-roll does it, way different from how I did it. Because I did not go and take out these guys. Um, I didn't even think <laughs> to fight. <find them. laughs> Instead, I went around the right way and just used cover to then get to that um, first big enemy and take him down. Gotcha. So that was the first half of this mission that was kicking my ass for for a while. And it was funny looking around and seeing where other people were at in the in Everybody the, um, demo. the same spot. And I saw people at the eh. same mission. And to put a pause in this for a sec, when uh, right before we got our hands on the sticks. The Armored Core or the From Software team, they did a presentation, a quick presentation, was similar to the one that we did at Summer Game Fest. But then they started talking about the demo that we're that we were about to play, and they were like, "Hey, if you can, you should get through Operation Wall Climber. Like that is the mission we really want you to get through." And playing it, that I was our test to see who was uh, who can actually who's a real yeah, a real Armored Core. But that was that was also. <laughs> The moment where you f fully realize what the game is ask asking of you, similar to Father Gascoigne or um, Genichiro from uh, Sekiro. I can you guys explain that a little more? That's uh, the the skill check wall uh, in Bloodborne is like Father Gascoigne is going to be the first really real big challenge that you have. Genichiro in Sekiro is the first big skill wall you hit in Sekiro where. You've played for several hours. You fought some tough bosses that you may have died to five times or whatever. Genichiro was the first boss that took me three hours yeah. to beat. Genichiro and that's like, the, that's like the first big test. That's where there's a, a common meme in Souls gaming whenever you hit like the first real boss where they say, now the real Dark Souls begins. Like yep. Now this is where Sekiro really begins. And Genichiro is where they teach you how to parry is the other thing. Where there's like a little mini boss right before Genichiro that teaches you a, a little bit about how to parry. But then Genichiro makes you have to like really understand that shit and you're not going to beat that boss without understanding the parry system and so the operation wall climber mission was that for this game where i get past that first section i'm like oh all right cool that's done now on to the next thing and i was looking around at other people and i saw everybody stuck on the same segment as i was and so i didn't feel that bad about it but then i get to the boss in operation wall climber which is at, at the end of the mission and this boss was beating my ass for like maybe 30 to 40 minutes straight just getting demolished by this guy big tank box uh boss you have an ally fighting with you which is helpful but around halfway through the boss is that the young rookie uh no no the, it's not the young, young young rookie oh okay but halfway through this boss that ally pieces out i murdered that young rookie oh okay <laughs> i killed him um, <laughs> but yeah he pieces out and then you have to like take out the boss by, uh, by yourself and i was struggling i was running out of ammo i was um like stuck in like a man how do i damage this guy because he only takes damage at his back uh, and after, uh, after what, maybe five, six deaths, I, uh, looked at the menu and they had this option whenever you die, that is customize your mech, go back and change, change out weapons or change out parts. And so I was like, oh, I, uh, okay, cool. I'm gonna do this. Even though I really like the weapons I have, I did that. I changed to, um, some weapons that I wasn't feeling. Like I, I switched my, uh, bazooka to a laser sword. I switched my assault rifle to a, I think a plasma gun. And I went back. And when I tell you that it took me only two more tries and it was way easier because mm. I decided to adjust my arsenal. Yeah. This game really wants you to, to adjust your arsenal and think about 
how you're going into situations. That's just as important as the actual action itself. Before you ask your question, Greg, let me tell you a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by PayPal Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Did you know it only takes a few seconds to get it? That means if you go to add it to your laptop or iPhone right now, you could be done before this ad read is even over. And you know what else works fast? Honey's deal finding abilities. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. When you check out, the Honey button appears. All you have to do is click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that and then if it finds a working coupon you will find the prices drop we've saved thousands of dollars thanks to honey buying costumes props tech over the years honestly not using honey is just silly honey doesn't just work on desktop it works on your iphone too just activate it on safari on your phone and you get to save on the go getting honey seriously only takes a few seconds and by getting it you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show you can get paypal honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kind of funny that's joinhoney.com slash kind of funny this episode's brought to you by shady rays take on the sun with gear built to last our friends at shady rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures just like mike likes them shady rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements if you lose or break your pair even on day one they told us they will send you a brand new pair no questions asked and every purchase supports the shady rays impact program which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life from childhood cancer patients to young adults with serious health conditions exclusively for y'all listening right now shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people Again, that's shadyrace.com. Use code kinda funny. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all know life can be hard. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know from experience how often it just seems easier to care about others and keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. For more balance with BetterHelp, visit betterhelp.com slash kindoffunny today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash kindoffunny betterhelp.com slash kind of funny go for it if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs if you're a step behind the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is that where you think the mini missions would come in? If I hadn't unlocked my plasma sword or whatever else I might have needed in the, that you used on this guy, would that be where, well, you know, I'm going to pop out. I'm going to run those mini missions a few times, gather up my stuff, buy what I think would work against them? 1,000%. Okay. And those, I, the, I think those mini missions are there for that exact thing of, are they replayable? They are replayable. Okay. So that's the exact thing. Yeah, I, I'm stuck on this mission. Man, I need more like better material or better um, weapons or better uh, parts to my mech. Let me go back and play a three minute mission yeah. so I can get more currency to spend on that part. We get the game the first 20 hours. We just grind that mini mission. <laughs> Easy. Unlimited funds. Easy. Exactly. Funds. exactly. <laughs> we switch off. <laughs> One player. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, Operation Wall Climber was the thing that made me understand how to play the game. And it was a really fun mission. And that was the moment where it clicked. And I was like, damn, all right, I want to play this game. This is a really fun time. That's one thing that they kept on, that they've been stressing, I feel, whenever you watch any of their presentations of like, this is not a Souls game where, now Barrett will understand this, where you have to believe in the build because Souls games, changing your whole build and play style, if you are, if, if I'm a strength dude with a sword the size of a bus, it's going to take a lot more work to then switch my character over to a totally new weapon that I haven't even leveled up Go dexterity, Andy. Trust me, it'll be easier. It's like, no, but like, I've put so much time into this thing. I know this. I yeah. like this. believe in the build. But like, Armored Core seems very, very different because they keep on showing how easy it is to just hit the garage button yeah. and customize. This is not a, well, I got to go back to the hub world, got to talk to fucking Charlie over here, and Charlie's going to give me a pass to then enter the whatever. No, it's just you hit the start button and you open up the garage. You don't have to go anywhere to then customize or rethink your whole play style yeah. are there options uh that I've, a lot of games have had recently that are the kind of like suggested builds or something of like hey you're having trouble with this but maybe you want to do this or is it kind of on you to yes yeah, are they giving you an environmental out? thing of like he's weak to electricity or something <laughs> like that uh with the boss that i was fighting they didn't make it explicit but the struggle I was having taking out that boss the first time was just that he had so much armor and I was using assault rifle and assault rifle, which was bullet based. And so when I switched to my like the, the plasma plasma thing, that was more area of effect damage. And so it was that natural. Oh, I should have been using this. Got it. It's not telegraphed strongly, but I think they want you to think about it that way of what's going to be so good bad. against this guy that has this shield that's all around him. Um, and like one of the solutions would be you know, getting behind him and, like, really hammering in. But, like, he, he's obviously dodging for that. He's obviously trying to not let you get, get behind him. So using, switching to that plasma weapon and having that area of effect damage was the solution that helped there. Question Let's, from the peanut gallery really quick. Gallery? Uh, so when you're dying to this guy and you have to come back and uh, readjust your life um, with a different build uh, to get back to him, I assume then you have to play through the entire mission just to get back to him, correct? No. no. You start from the checkpoint. Oh, awesome. That's another thing from this game. That's awesome. This game is way more approachable than from software's recent stuff. It is the checkpoints are often the I mean, the first half of this mission that I was struggling with where I had to make my way all, like all the way uh, through that first big boss enemy, 
that was a long stretch without a checkpoint. But as soon as I beat that guy, I got the notification of, hey, there's a checkpoint here. Um, and so that stuff is really nice. When you are struggling with the boss, you don't have to go all the way back, at least at least for what I played. Maybe there's stuff in the future where, where it becomes more demanding. But okay. for what I played... Because yeah, I was, I was going to assume that like if you have to readjust how you're fighting that guy, like are you going to have to like kind of re... Kind of replay everything. Yeah, replay everything and readjust your strategy against other people just to kind of counteract the the final stretch. No, there. you it is you die, you go into your garage, you adjust, and then they Live start you right back at that uh, at that boss fight. That's really the, nice. That's really great. The thing I was laughing at earlier uh, is that anytime the game makes you aware of where you're getting shot from, the little directional thing looks like the Pizza Hut logo. Bring it back up one more time, Barry. <laughs> Bring it back up one, and you're getting shot. Any any time you're getting shot, it's like just oh, the you're little hat. Yeah, yeah, it looks like the little hat, just yeah. the, the little red hat. I was huh. Imagine, imagine like, if we could just go to a pizza buffet right now. Oh my god, oh, guys! Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Red, red clear cup. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Look at that! Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Awesome. Like yeah. The pizza. Oh, oh god, that's so funny. Good job, Andy. Now let's just let's just get out of the way right now. Blessing. The question that everybody's wondering right now. Yeah. How hot pink and teal can I make my armor for? And in in and how deep is the like? Am, is it a destiny shader where I get one thing that has like two colors and it does it all automatically for me, or can I say no? I want I want my the left arm flap. Yeah, let me get this left flapper. <laughs> so you can get pretty deep into your Duffy with vi the visual customization of yes. a customization of your mech. That was one of the things that really impressed me when you go into your menu and you get to the tabs that are vi customize the visuals and. You can customize, Bear has brought up here, right? The head, the core, the, the both arms, the weapons. You can turn all that stuff different yeah. colors. And, like, they have color schemes. That you Dude, there's RGBs well. in this bitch, Oh, Andy. my God. Yeah. God damn. And when I was interviewing Amamura, that was one of the things that they were, that they were counting on is I asked him about the, the importance of online in this game, right? Because, you know, it has online elements. And they mentioned there's, there's PvP. There's 1v1 and 3v3 PV, PvP. I believe that'll be confirmed as of the time that this episode I was going to say, we had a Games Daily story today about yeah. a rumored leak off the box on Am Reddit. Yeah. And so I was wondering if that timed out with this. Yeah, though. so that times out with this. Bear, can you rewind right, right before that red arm piece got... Because uh, there's a slider for, to make your arm lustier. Like the luster, the metal, or whatever. Yeah. And that's just, it's just so funny seeing like what was the name of the, the Yu-Gi-Oh card? Luster. That was luster. luster, there it is. Luster, never mind. It was like a luster dragon or something in Yu-Gi-Oh. That was, was a dragon cool. for everything. There's a dragon. Yeah. Plus, all weekend I've been opening up the, that uh, the pack that I had. Good lord, so many weird ass cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're fucking great. But you can get deep into your Duffy with the customization of your mech. Um, and when I asked about online, they were also like, "This isn't an online feature necessarily, but there is a photo mode in the game, and we count on people to share." pictures of their different mechs and stuff online and then also they have a custom id system that lets people Ooh. share their customized oh. mechs and people can download them and add them to the collection andy wow this is a perfect job for you <laughs> quit quit us and then just sell your mech designs online you know just leave here don't come back just... uh, i'm gonna start a patreon <laughs> you can download this code <laughs> for 89 custom jobs <laughs> you know andy i want to you can do me a custom mech okay hell yeah but yeah, that that stuff has me really excited because even when I was playing during the demo, obviously I, I only have a few hours with this thing, so I yeah. don't want to waste yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah. I went and I just like auto made all my weapons a specific color, and then like just fucked around with the patterns. And I was like, all right, that's good enough. I'll figure, I'll get my Duffy when I actually get the game. But when the game comes out, I think that's gonna be a very popular thing. People are gonna be sharing oh, yeah, their mech designs sure. a lot. The funniest thing that I recognize about a lot of the gameplay is like it's just a stupid observation I had. Maybe because I. 
Blessing, you, you were drinking some wine, right, at that uh, SGF presentation? Because I think I had just had oh, that yeah. signature drink that they had that was very fruity and delicious. My goodness, it was really, it was like the Summer Games Fest. Like, was it the sangria or something? No, nah, it was, was wine? freaking, it was so fruity and nice. I loved it. <laughs> but, like, while watching the game, while watching this presentation, I just loved that, like, everything in the worlds that we were exploring were built for mechs. Where, mm-hmm. like, if you want to move, yeah, like, if you want to move, like, move a switch, it isn't a switch for a human down there. It's like a big ass switch for a mech to, like, move. And it's like, it's so odd that they had to build all these out for actual mechs to just kind of walk through. Like, what does the garden look like? You know, is it just real big trees? Giant carrots. This <laughs> <ass> <laughs> is a weird observation. I, I, Andy, I love you so much that you start here with, like, we're drinking wine, right? Why is all the things so big for the mechs on it? I think it was the alcohol that I was just sitting there. Oh, also, the funnier part, the funnier part, I wish there was a camera on me during this presentation because I had the stupid little tiny microphone plugged into my phone. And I was like, this will be the best way to kind of talk about what I'm seeing so I could remember it oh for my notes. God, which I, I never then you in the face. Which I never then used later. But no, 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 uh, Greg, this would be the whole time. I Like, we'd see the screen and I'd put a little tiny microphone and I'd go, He's customizing the mech. <laughs> During the presentation, I'd just be watching and be like, he's zipped from left to right. <laughs> IGN's next to you like, shut the fuck up. Take a note. Use a notepad. Use multiple, your phone. Multiple missiles in the air. <laughs> so, so bless, getting, getting back to like the feel. Sound like the woman in Batman Returns. Something is law just coming. Very fast. <laughs> Does it feel like you're in complete control of this thing or do you kind of feel like you're having to fight the controls a bit? It feels like I'm in control of it. It took me a couple of mi- a couple of missions to to really understand. It took me actually like probably like maybe five to seven missions, honestly, mm-hmm. to really get a hold of it. I mean, it's not automatically apparent, but once you get into it, it's fairly easy. I think the one thing that was tough for my brain to wrap around was just that the jets cool down, <laughs> which <laughs> sounds obvious, but when you're using it and you're pressing A and you see a high thing you need to get to, and I'm like, all right, let's fly up. Oh damn! All right, I'm running out of jets. All right, how do I get in? understanding the balance of that was the thing that was that I had to get used to. But aside from that, that felt nice. And then there's like when you press um either L3 or R3. I want to say it's L3 because that'll make sense. You have like a booster move that you have where you like fly forward at a high speed and you can like dodge back and forth. Oh, right here. Actually, they're doing it. Uh, you boost forward and you can dodge back and forth. Beam. And that helps you dodge enemy gunfire if you're like, you know, trying to get get to a spot. Uh, that took a couple of missions for me to wrap my brain around, but it was pretty. It, once I got that, I understood it. And by the time I left this demo, I felt like I felt like I was in full control. I totally understood how to play this game. Uh, I would lean towards one and a half, one kind of uh, far away weapon. And then I love getting up close. If you're going to give me a mech with a sword, I'm yeah. going to use a mech with a sword. Did the sword stuff feel good, or did it kind of feel like ah, this is designed more for the the shooty shooty? The it's a mix. You know, they have all sorts of close close range weapons and long range weapons. The sword did like the sword felt fine. It wasn't like I was in there hacking and slashing and feeling like I was getting like, you know, like fast paced close range combat. It felt like just another weapon, right? Just another ability. So you press L2 and I think you get you get two slashes at most, at least with the way I had it, where I when I when when I was fighting that big boss, right? That when I was struggling with if I got behind that dude, oh man, I press L2 and it takes a bit of wind up, but once you hit it, big power, like big damage done on that guy. And if you're lucky, you get the second swing in. And that's pretty much how that sword works. It's not a tap, 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 hit, hit. It's, yeah, not, it's not one of those. They, they kept on describing it as like, if you're fighting an enemy that, because uh, a lot of these enemies have stagger bars, which is something that 
didn't really exist in a whole lot of, of prior uh, Armored Core titles. But you raise you raise that Sagarar, bam, and now they are super vulnerable yes. and they're kind of weak for a while. And they would always describe it as you want to use that sword to like close it to that close in and get your closing lined damage. up. Mm. Boom! That's like you're almost like a super move. You thrust towards him and then like it kind of combo it with the slash, and that's kind of like your your finisher on them or whatever. Yeah. Um, a couple more things I'll I'll shout out. Um, again, shout out to Bear for killing it on on the B roll. Um, for so a couple of the questions I asked uh, Yamamura uh, asked what are some things from his learned in the last ten years that have been applied to Armor Core Six. Uh, first thing he mentioned was battle design and map design. Obviously, I think that makes a lot of sense. They've gotten real good at combat in the last ten years, but then also their map design and role design has gotten real good as well. And so um, they multiple times talked about having more dimensions to work with it being omnidirectional you being able to go up or down along with left right forward back um and he talked about the vertical design as well and then he says uh battles and controls are more intuitive and enemy feedback is better which i i felt especially in the in the intuitive intuitiveness intuition of it um yeah it felt easy to learn and then yeah the, the enemy feedback i would say felt good you know it was great seeing the variety of enemies and having to figure out how to take each each of them each of them out based on their attack patterns and all that was really fun and you watching the b-roll and noticing different strategies that was another thing that was really harped on of you know, just the amount of different ways that each mission Tackle can be way. taken yeah. on yeah are, i mean these maps are big they're right? really large they're these open maps and so i'm i expect that there are going to be a lot of missions where you look i'll look at andy's gameplay and go Damn, I didn't even think I could go that direction. I didn't think about that. And so I think that stuff's really cool. Um, I asked him what are some of the ways that the game's been designed to be opened up to new audiences. He mentioned that um, they want the they want people to understand what makes Armored Core great. Um, Find it. Wait, what's that? He's got I, it. Send it to Barrett. Send the audio. No, it's there. so large. It's like a large. It was a video that I like. I was just recording my this legs. This was in black. the air. No, it's just, <laughs> it's just you hear them talking. Play it in your microphone. <laughs> it just sounds. It's not even very good. Hold on. Let me just see. Let me. See. So it's just gonna be like a lot of them muttering. <laughs> you just hear me talking to a mic. Really, really large level design. <laughs> <laughs> Worthless. Three sangrias in, and he's out of the background. Three levers are really big. You're like <laughs> tactical approaches to combat. <laughs> God, but yeah, they're stressing 3D movement. I think that was one of the big things they talked about in terms of making people understand why Armor Core is so great. Um, but then also asked, what does the power of current gen consoles allow them to do with Armor Core? And they said. Um, Graphical fidelity and performance, obviously, but then also customization is more in depth, which mm -hmm. I think comes through when you see the options available to you to customize your mech. And I think, again, I'm very excited for that element, specifically to see what other people do with their with with their mech. Um, the mechs look really cool, and there were some legs that I unlocked for my mech that were really dope. They were bad for my stats, uh, and I had to change that when I <laughs> when I got to that boss. But damn, those legs looked really cool when I got them. There's a very great kind of comprehensive video from. One of my favorite YouTubers, well, my seat's lowering right now. I feel my seat just kind of lower. <laughs> I just felt it lower like three inches. Uh, one of my favorite YouTubers is uh, Vati Vidya, who does all of sure. the Dark Souls and Bloodborne lore videos. Uh, Vati, much like, much like a lot of other Souls enjoyers, had never really played uh, any of the Armored Core games and started obviously making Armored Core videos once they started teasing it and then made about like an hour and a half video of him describing his experiences with every Armored Core game that has ever come out, because mm. he went back and played all of them. And he's going through, here's what part one was, 
and I didn't really enjoy it because it was like kind of like really unintuitive with the controls. But with each new iteration, you know, his I believe his favorite one was like I think uh, Armored Core Four Answer, which is like Armored Core Four, but they called it Four Answer, and that's the one on PS3 that is a bit more uh, intuitive and modern feeling, but really fast and zippy, and just kind of. Watching his uh, reactions to all these different entries, I think was a really kind of cool way to prime up myself, somebody who doesn't want to play through all of these games, to get kind of a glimpse at what these games were really working with back in the day. I get a lot of questions about Armored Core as somebody who loves From Software, and I only ever played a couple of the first ones like on PS1. This video really helped me out, kind of get an idea of what what to expect and what the future may hold for for these franchise or for this franchise. I, Plus, go for it. I assume this is a no-brainer. It's a simple question too. Uh, loadouts? Can you save loadouts? You have your up yes. close build. Okay. Yep. So you're saying that uh, this is one of your most anticipated games in mm-hmm. the the rest of the year. Do you foresee this ending up in your top ten, top five? A contender? A contender? Uh, uh. I mean, I think it could end up in my per- in my personal top ten. I don't know if it'll end up in like the kind of funny top five uh, and i think it depends on how many of us get into into it to see where it gets in that like five to ten range maybe um i do think that there are things so far from that demo that i can obviously ding it on um and i think that's gonna be the thing that that might hold it back i mean maybe even in the mainstream who knows but yeah i think the, the myth, some of the mission structure being fairly simple and then also the story in moments being hit or miss and not knowing yet where that stuff is gonna go that's the stuff that I could see maybe not um, maybe bringing bringing it down a few notches on the critical level. But, you know, I think the one, the Armor Core fan base, I wouldn't be surprised that people get their hands on it and go, oh, this is the best one. And that is part from all the stuff I played. Right. But also just how much production and budget and, you know, uh, game design knowledge that from software has gained over, sure. over the years. It feel this feels like an Armored Core that is meant to be open to for more people to play. But in this is me not playing previous Armored Cores, it doesn't feel like it's diminished what Armored Core is, right? And so I think they've seemingly nailed that. And so I, I think it'll be well-received. I think people are going to like it, but I don't know if it's going to get really high in our top 10. Is the story like a Souls game where it's like the, it's more lore-based and, and world-based, or does it feel kind of like there is a, there's cutscenes building a plot and a narrative? It's, it, it's absolutely not Souls-like in how... Um, yeah, like how much that feels like you have to uncover something yourself. You know, so many Souls games, it almost feels like an archaeolo- archaeological what happened here type of game. And you're going through, you're picking up items, you're talking to the remnants of the world and figuring out and putting the pieces together. It doesn't feel like that. It is very mission-based. And so every level or every mission starts off with that brief, which helps fill you in on where you are and where you need to go. And then also you have people on a radio talking to you the whole time. There's so much dialogue in this game. Uh, Slippy's there too. Yeah, yeah, you have Slippy being like, "Yeah, do a barrel," and so you have you you have that stuff there that makes it feel so much different from a from a Souls game. And so I think if you're somebody that prefers something a bit more traditional, you have that there for you. I didn't see as many um, cutscenes that looked like that story trailer, right? Like there weren't that many like big budget cutscenes from just playing chapter one. And I imagine that maybe between chapters, that's where you get those. The game did start off with a pretty cool visual of you landing on uh, on rubicon the planet uh and that was a really cool cutscene. but beyond that i didn't get much of that during the actual um or during the rest of chapter one very very I'm cool David, are you gonna play 
I want to give it a shot for sure. I mean, at the very least, I'm going to design my mech. You know, boot it up. Hell yeah. Have some fun with some cool colors, make something look cool, and then play it for a bit, see if it looks, if it feels right. Like, I'm, I'm always about feel when it comes to these things. A lot of what you're saying, I'm super in for, and then some of it, I'm like, I, I personally don't love the having to have different builds and all that like i'm a bit more i'm a basic dude you know what i mean i just i want what i like and like let's just go um but this sounds so interesting and like it looks awesome yeah. like mm. it what i love about it is it looks like it has hype moments that aren't just the music swelled and then they said the the thing it's like just this core really zipping around <laughs> looks cool you know like being in the sandstorm with this mech i'm like i love the visuals like the the use of color where it seems like a lot of the world is pretty drab in most of the environments like whether it's the sandstorm or a lot of shots of that like it was pretty like stark white but then the fires coming out just looks so damn cool yeah. Yeah. like i gotta give this game a shot just for that stuff alone and that's the thing i i really want to shout out is i've never considered myself a big mech person but figuring through the past there's so many mech pieces of fiction that i've experienced that i've really really loved and in the first uh one of the first missions i did where you're fighting against this boss that's a, just a big uh helicopter that's shooting um Gilbert. shooting at you. <laughs> uh, i don't want to be a helicopter. <laughs> you know Honestly. i i got into that and the action felt so quick and frenetic and it reminded me of something like near uh near automata in particular where you're doing like those uh bullet hell type missions and in that moment i i I think I just had the realization of, oh, damn, yeah, mechs are cool. L3 puts R3 to accept the truth. <laughs> yeah, like, I got to accept the truth, and the truth is that mechs are cool, yeah. and I think this might be the mech game to make me, to let me feel how cool mechs are, you know, like, as opposed to seeing it. Because I think of something like Metal Gear as well, where Metal Gear is a mech game, but I, I don't, I think about it as a stealth game first, because you're not sure. really piloting the mech, yeah, right? Yeah, That's yeah. just a big element in the story. Um, but piloting a mech in Armored Core 6 during this demo had me like, oh, damn. Like, this is actually fucking dope as hell. When you uh, change up your loadouts and your, uh, like, the the different mobility things of your, your mech, mm -hmm. did it feel different to play? Does it feel heavier when you add heavier things? I, I think I got to get further into the game to really feel that stuff because, sadly enough, in that first chapter, I wasn't unlocking a lot of different body parts of my Chassis mech. It was mainly weapons that I was unlocking. Like, I did have the new set of legs and... I, I wish I had that in mind as I switched them out, but it didn't. I, w I didn't feel it immediately. Um, but I that makes me wonder it, that once I get further in and get more things, is that really going to feel different? It it definitely will, just based on older entries, because the the whole idea of it is you can go with the light sort of uh, leg models that make you really fast, and you can kind of zip around. But obviously, you are less tanky. Yeah. Or you can get the actual tank like bottom of you oh, where you are on treads and you are on wheels and you're definitely like less zippy around but you are you could take a lot more hits uh there's a lot of different elements to it that are very similar to souls games where the less armor you have the faster you're going to move but you are definitely going to be a lot uh more more and, squishy. And, I, and i will say there was um there's plenty of missions where you have an ally fighting alongside you and there was one mission where i had multiple allies that um were with your companions i should say and one of them did have like a full tank bottom mm -hmm. and the way they moved and controlled it seemed like those are things it felt almost like i was playing with other players and so it, i imagine that those are things i can unlock in terms of all the parts they're using and that tank one did look cool because it legitimately just looked like a tank that yeah. was moving around and so yeah to your question I imagine that, yeah, if I'm playing as that, that has to feel different just based on how it looks and how it moved in that mission.
Sick. Any final questions or final thoughts on Armor Core 6? Can't wait. I'm looking forward to trying it. Yeah? Yeah. You know, the joke was when we were talking about this the other day on Games Daily, I forgot that I reviewed Armor Core 4 for IGN. Um, but I remember, you know, it was fun to fight as the mech. It was fun to shoot around to see that. I mean, this footage looks amazing when we watch it, right? Like, I'm interested to see if it'll get its hooks in me of jumping in, customize the mech, do the thing. And yeah, I like the idea of losing to the boss. Well, shit, what if I try this cannon? What if I try this laser? What if I try this thing? Like, that seems like fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see what you guys think of it because I was surprised by it and you guys did come to mind like greg came to mind specifically for the peace walker slash yeah MG5 for sure right I, I like that kind of gameplay of let's do a couple yeah. quick things I, I you know maybe i don't want to be there all night long or take on the next big thing but grind, can i grind, pour grind. that cannon i've been looking at exactly. for a while yeah. and that's that's the, that's the thing that i think is going to speak to people like us right like fucking nerds is the, the gameplay loop is fairly simple of hey go in do this action mission come back spend money on different parts do it, do it again and some of the missions are real hard a lot of them pretty easy like pretty a, a lot more on the simpler side and i think that might speak to um a wider range of us here and maybe a wider, wider range of gamers and so i can't wait to see what people think of it the shorter missions really remind me a lot of the shorter sort of missions you would take on in crisis core um where it may not be the main big story mission, but you mm. see these small things of just go kill that guy because he has a bounty on his head or whatever. And those are the ones that uh, you kind of would eventually grind to get money to then get that next big cannon that you've been kind of wanting to, saving, to save up for. Plus, I know you were talking a lot this episode, but I want to mm. keep this on you just for as we close this out. I just want to talk to you for a couple of minutes. You're talking about us mm. being nerds. You're talking about gameplay loops. And I heard that you're hooked on Marvel Snap. How did that happen and what's going on? So a few weeks ago, I booted up Marvel Snap because I've been on a, on a card game kick. And I booted it up and my progress is just gone for some reason. I was like, what the fuck is happening here? And I mentioned this on a piece of content and then people tweeted at me and they were like, hey, this happened to me before. Complete the tutorial and it will probably fix itself. And that's what happened. And I started playing it again. I just wanted to play it just to like get reminded of the rule set and kind of get in that flow a little bit again. And I just wanted to have some fun with the card game. And since then, I've been just rehooked. I'm not, I, I, I got to get further in and deeper in the Duffy because I'm not at the place where I'm like counting card collection levels and looking for certain cards and getting in my Duffy of strategy and all that. But playing it, being back again just casually is just such a good time. I've not played it since the, la the end of last year. So being back has been such a, damn, this is a really fun game, isn't it? And it's been, it's been fun, like not really losing a beat in terms of, Oh yeah, this is the this is the card deck that I've been using. These are the rules. Oh yeah, pretty simple. Let's go back and get it. And God, what a fun game! Yeah, man, I'm still playing it every day, and it's it's so much fun. Every season, I feel adds some unique thing, whether it's a new location, a new card with an ability that like just freshens it up just a, enough, just enough for me to be like, oh man, like I I want to do my daily stuff. I will say that being almost a year into this mm. there are days that i feel like oh, i have to do this as opposed to like i can't wait to do this yeah, yeah, yeah um but then for every one of those i feel like something else is announced and i'm like i can't wait to try it and like i can't wait to see how this changes the way that i play it and the, the experience i feel like they're doing such a good job of adding new content to it like day after day week after week but it is at that turning point for me where i'm like all right there's a lot like there was already a lot in the game and like when you look at the menus now like it is so there's so many modes there's so many different uh economies of being able to buy uh different things like the amount of currencies in the game is just unruly yeah. so that, <laughs> that was giving me my question i have two questions one what is 
What are you playing for? Like when Tim Gettys logs on to Marvel, what a deep question. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you here? (laughs) When you log into Marvel Snap, what is the carrot on the stick for you that keeps you going? For me, it's collecting all the cards, which I am very okay. far from overall. Um, and then whenever there's a dope variant, I want it. <laughs> like it, it's mm-hmm. it, the collecting side of it, very much similar to how I am in real life with uh, card games. Like I like the collecting side of it. And then through that, so getting my collector's level up is like my main thing. But wanting to my base level goal is making sure I hit the weekly challenge every week. And then making sure I complete the season pass every single month. Uh, anything beyond that is just kind of like if I'm in the, in the the mo- the mode or the mood for it. Um, recently, though, ever since Gia beat me collection level wise, it outrageous. has been outrageous. It's been a fucking like race, and she is so closely ahead of me. Like every time, I'll be like, "So where are you at now?" Thinking I got her for sure. And the last six times, I I haven't beat her since she's beat me and it's always so close it got to the point that we were one point away from each other which is like (laughs) unbelievably close and then she just tears away from me so like she does every daily mission she hasn't missed a single one since october hell yeah you gotta shut off her you gotta like somehow shut off her mobile like make sure her wi-fi my other question is what is conquest mode and should i play it so conquest mode is what i was talking about earlier of like they're adding a lot of stuff that i'm just like i can't keep up with that is something that is it's very cool and it's it allows people to um play the game in a different way that just want more once they've already done all this stuff for me right now i'm kind of like that's a step too far like there's too much going on with it that i'm like i don't have the time to invest in that mainly because i'm playing a lot of console games right now as well as being as into pokemon go as i am I'm like i just got to pick and choose my battles of like mm-hmm. what am, what am i actually investing in so to me it's about the collection level most people that play are about the ranking level it's about the every month your your level like it's one to a hundred um and every month wherever you let off at that is like what your your rank is you want to hit infinite which is level 100 um and once the month resets it drops you down 10 points yeah okay. um i think that's right and so you kind of like the the better you are, obviously, the higher you rank and all that stuff. That is how most people play. And I see so many people hitting infinite and stuff. That's not me at all. Like, I just I don't have the the skill or time or whatever to play that game. So I'm mainly doing the challenges, which because of that, the challenges like play with a bunch of four cost cards. It's like, all right, cool. That's yeah. not the optimal strategy to win. So I might screw myself. So I end up hitting the like level 40, level 50 most times, okay. which is embarrassing for most people. I understand that. Hey, if you're enjoying it, who cares? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and I'm having a great time. And but while doing the other stuff, I am incentivized to try to play better. Like watching, like playing the game, seeing what opponents are doing, and being like, "Oh my god, I see what he's doing here," and then applying that, making a sure. new deck built around that strategy. It is so rewarding and it's so fun. And that is not how I've ever done this stuff before. So I'm I w- so happy you're playing. Do you think you're going to keep with it? I think so. Um, right now, when I when when I'm at home and I got nothing to do. It calls to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm addicted to just the gameplay right now, right? Which is the thing that usually gets me into these things. Um, when I was a month ago, maybe less than that, that when I was addicted to inscription, I was just in it for the love of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like I had a car- carrot on the stick because I already beat the game at that point. But with Marvel Snap, I think I'm just in it because I just really like how the game plays. Uh, and I'm kind of hoping that I get to that place where I am now like, all right, I got I to gotta collect them all. I got to do every day, every daily challenge. The daily challenge cool. might actually be the thing to get me. Cause this is awesome. Yeah. I love it. If you need uh, anything, let me uh, know. You've heard their pitch. Uh-huh. Yeah. What if I told you, yeah, here, <laughs> I'm going to go through and I'm going to equip better gear on my Superman here, right? And that is going to make me do more damage when I match my gems. 
Oh. Superman sucks, though. Yeah, it's kind of boring. Stupid your fucking face. Yeah, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to hear Greg Miller's full preview. 20-minute preview. Of, uh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, legit. Like, Not the content. It, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. The content, I think, is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The game, no, for, legit. Like, yeah. DC Hero, like, uh, the thing I put in the thing last night is, like, I'm so into it that I turned down Diablo last night. Wow. wow. Jen, Jen was wow. like, you want to go downstairs and do Diablo? And she was cuddling with Cole. She just gave him a bath. I was like... If you want to just pop on Grey's Anatomy, I'm really into DC. And she's like, okay. All right. Love that. Let us know in the comments below if you're still playing Marvel Snap, if you're interested in DC. Hero and Hero. Hero what? Hero and villains. Hero and villains. Heroes and villains. Heroes and villains. Um, and what your hype level is for Armored Core 6 plus fantastic preview. Great that job, was, uh, A really, 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 really well thought. Andy, out. give him a round of applause. It. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. It was also, <laughs> I, one more thing. This is a wild preview event. I'll talk about that on KFGD. Yes. You will not expect this preview event was insane. <laughs> uh, yeah, let us know in the comments below uh, what you're thinking about Armored Core 6, if you're going to give it a shot, and what colors you're going to make your mech. Uh, until next time, though, I love you all. Goodbye.